Okay, here we go. Check, 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 check. What's up, check, everybody? Check. It's your what boy up? DJ Spotted the Dunham Courts with my big brother. This is very rare, y'all. He doesn't <laughs> come to Central Florida. He always flies down south. I do. So like, I gotta give that man, this man, props for pulling up, being uh, asymptomatic. <laughs> and I mean, also recently, recently blessed. Recently blessed. You know what I'm saying? But this is Maine J Buchanan. Yep, yep, yep. Mr. Everyday People, Mr. Sesmoir. Uh, Semois, 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 my bad. Semois, Semois. I, I, I'm working on Spanish. I don't know it, French yet. And I'm not not Mister Everyday People. I'm a part of the team, team effort collective. You I, know. I appreciate so, uh, that. One of the individuals that's helping support it, bring the culture out to people. You that's know? what's up. If you have never been to Everyday People, people, I think everybody needs to go to at least one. No matter where you're from, if you go to if you go to L.A., just kick the mic back and then. Okay. Um, if you go to L.A., you go to Atlanta. You go to New York, of course. That's where it's originally originated, right? Mm -hmm. um, DC, DC, Miami, Miami. Other, other, I mean, states locations. Uh, let's see, New York, Miami, Oakland, LA, um, DC, <coughs> Charlotte. Am I forgetting? I feel like I might be forgetting, but um, those are some of the local markets. If any more come to mind. I'll drop Keep talking. I'm, I'm munching. Just down. munching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those are some of the local markets. Um, yeah, we were supposed to do uh, Houston for the first time. We've been trying to do Detroit, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, those are some of the few that we've been blessed to be able to go to. And they do international as well. Yes. So, uh, got a chance to go to South Africa, Johannesburg, and Cape Town, um, Zanzibar, which is actually Did you one do of Kenya the, too. We did Nairobi, yep. Um, and we also did, what am I feel like, did I, did I miss one? Did I miss one? We did Nairobi, Zanzibar, mm -hmm. and uh, in South Africa. Oh, sorry, Ethiopia, Addis Ababa. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely, guys, definitely a celebration of multi-international culture, uh, pan-African culture, pan-Caribbean culture. Leon, stay yeah. away from the dip. <laughs> uh, let's move this over here. Um, definitely something that... Definitely something that I think everybody who's who's looking to be involved in something that's uh, African-American or black experience is something that you should at least do one time. I feel like it's something that you you do it. You, you understand different cultures. It's a clash of cultures, Caribbean, African, mm -hmm. hip hop, R&B. It's something that I feel is definitely something that everybody should experience at least one. It's cool that my brother's a part of the team. I go whenever it's in Miami. <laughs> yeah, <you> do. <laughs> But I think, honestly, for anybody, and plus my friends from up north in New York, I'll be sending y'all on missions trying to find this guy. And none of y'all have ever done it so far. <laughs> but um, I, I'm, not, I'm not hard to find, but maybe I am. I, I try to give him, like, he kind of looks like me, kind of a little shorter sure. than me. He got a little beard, got a little gray. That's no me. one's done it. <laughs> no one's done it. No one's done it. But, I, I, you know, it's all good. I'm here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've been traveling, man, during this uh, pandemic, of course. But, like, due to your... Your asymptomatic status due to your antibody status. Um, what have you been seeing in these markets that you go to because you have friends there? What have, how do you think people have been responding? Because, of course, you're here in Orlando. You kind of see what's going on in Florida right now. But these other markets you went to, Atlanta, Ca California, you've been around. So what have you been seeing? Yeah, I think every market is different. Everybody's kind of like in their own way dealing with it. Um, you know, being in New York, which was the epicenter of it all, it was... And then also me being from the Bronx, which mm -hmm. at one point had the highest fatality rate in the nation. So it was definitely pretty interesting, you know, especially from a personal level. So I think 
everybody's trying to find their own ways to kind of like um, figure out, you know, with the coronavirus and, you know, what they should be doing. You know, it obviously starts from a personal setting, you know, what works good for you. So I think everybody's kind of been flowing with that <clears throat> in other markets. Once I finally got a chance to leave, L.A. was had just opened up when I got there. But I think for the most part, you know, um, it's pretty much somewhat the same. L.A. is obviously a different culture. Mm-hmm. You know, you got just the kind of the weather's pretty amazing. You got more access to outdoor space. So it's a different way of way of living mm-hmm. and dealing with it versus in New York where everybody's on, on top of each other. Uh, same thing in Atlanta. Atlanta has a lot more open space as well. Um, uh, definitely as I've progressed through and things might continue, you see how different places are dealing with different things. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> whereby in L.A., you know, people were definitely, uh, that was the first time I actually got a chance to go to brunch somewhere outside. So How, how paranoid were you? I wasn't too paranoid because just gen- in general, you know, I'm pretty optimistic in nature. Mm-hmm. So it's, and I've always been pretty cautionary. So it was just kind of like a feeling of like going to the restaurant and them having a dedicated table <clears throat> where they would drop off all your stuff. And then you had a dedicated table where, you know, where you would, where you can eat. So you didn't, they tried to limit the kind of interactions and all the staff were mm-hmm. ma- wear a mask. So they trying to limit limited those interactions. So that was interesting. Um, in Atlanta, which is a little bit more, you know, out there, mm. you know, just the South in general. Let's be honest. Just the, just the South in general. <laughs> like as soon as I got in the airport, some people had masks on, some people didn't. You know, people were like walking down the street holding hands. You know, obviously they must have been together if they're doing yeah, that. But they've, they've already done worse. <laughs> you know, so people making out in public at certain times. So. You know, uh, it definitely was a different experience there um, in Atlanta. Um, but in all the places, I didn't I didn't really venture too far out in the general public. It was me staying, like, close to friends and, and, and close people that I know and kind of, like, just, you know, engaging with people. I think it was somewhat, uh, you know, just in the nature of how I am and just kind of very social. Mm-hmm. It was just really cool to kind of get out there and see some friends and see what they've been up to and, <clears throat> you know. And just kind of give that social community that's been lacking, you know, in quarantine the last two or three months. I really think um, the fact that you actually went out. My dog's licking the mic stand. Chill out. <laughs> Hope we don't get no paint poisoning. All right, chill out. <laughs> but um, I really think I really commend you for actually going out and doing what you need to do to kind of see. Because like you guys actually do these markets. You need somebody to actually go see how it's opening. How, how is it going? If y'all want to reopen or do another event. So I actually, com- even though that wasn't your main goal, no, I know, it wasn't. It wasn't. It's good. It's good that you can kind of communicate that back to your team. You guys can kind of plan around. And I, one other thing I've been honestly surprised about, not just from you, but from many other, many other brands, is the way that you guys have been able to engage in creating content during this yeah. time piece. Um, using that, you're using your connections, using the people who have performed at your event, your event, yeah. using people who are creatives at your event, painters, yep. dancers, whatever, to be a part of your your platform. And also just give something, little little bites of something that they probably haven't seen behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think everybody during this time was been trying to find their voice mm-hmm. and everything. And it definitely started during with quarantine and COVID and trying to figure out, especially you as a creative, like, you know, what is it that you want to say? How do you want to say it? Like, and this is all relatively new times. So there's no exact blueprint to kind of figure out where that space is or where you want to commit your time and commit your space to 
So, you know, I think definitely for, well, for myself, you know, for myself to start is, you know, it very much was uh, just kind of like, you know, taking the time out and seeing, you know, getting a chance to kind of like just see what I wanted to commit myself to or connect with in that way. You know, what up, Leon? So, you know, it's definitely in that in that case. And as it pertains to everyday people as well, it's just kind of like seeing, you know, what we want to discuss with and connect with in the community. So we came with something called um, Community Sessions. Mm -hmm. So that's where we basically did a series of talks and we focused on kind of trying to be able to be a resource for individuals. And that's having financial literacy talks, wellness talks, therapy talks. And that was specific to, you know, around when coronavirus was kicking off, you know. So, and and the stuff, you know, well, we haven't moved on to the protest stuff. So let oh, me yeah. stay on. Let me we, stay we're going to get there. We're gonna stay, let me stay on the, the, the obviously, you know, coronavirus, you know, you know Leon, some things. Hey, stop slobbing on him. Go to bed. <laughs> Go to bed. Leon, I ain't got nothing. Go to bed. Um, I love you though, bro. <laughs> So <laughs> he's been he's he's now become a part of the show. So if anybody knows, this is Leon. Follow him on on Instagram. <laughs> Leon got Instagram. Yeah, he got Instagram, bro. Damn, I didn't know that. King Leon TTB. You know what I'm saying? What's the TTB mean? Tennessee Tree and Brindle. That's his breed. You know what I'm saying? Oh wow, okay. And he's a Brindle mix. You know what I'm saying? My baby boy right here. If you can see his little white right here. Let me stop bragging on him. Go to bed, <laughs> Leon. Go to bed. <laughs> but I, I want to like like I said, I want to give you a round of applause. Ooh, we got applause. Yeah. He's Social a, distance. Don't be too close to clapping to each other. Listen, listen, let me just tell you something. He may be my big brother, but he can get, get some more love from me. <laughs> then we'll be cracking jokes a little bit later on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I feel like it's very, very interesting the fact that you've been able to travel around, see different things. And definitely we've, had, we've been having conversations about many different things that have been going on right now during this time period. So once again, commend commendations. I don't know how much involved we with, with, with the ideas that they did, but I feel like it's very dope that you're a part of a brand that decides to use their platform in this time period to give people uh, actual advice, not just advice, but like lessons that we don't know. We don't talk to each other in, as far as in the black community about this financial literacy and, and stuff to do as far as voting rights and stuff like that. And then definitely big enough creatives. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, it definitely has been, cause we have a community of creatives. So I think, you know, me being a creative myself, but coming from a business background, mm -hmm. So it was definitely, I might have a little bit more, you know, knowledge and understanding of, you know, what to do when the financial faucet closes off. Mm -hmm. So, and, you know, having gone, gone through it myself. So going through it this time, you know, collectively as a society was just kind of, you know, it wasn't anything, you know, I, I wasn't, you know, getting too crazy about it. But at the same time, I know other individuals, that was their first time yeah. kind of dealing with something like this. <clears throat> and especially whereby... You know, all industries, all areas mm -hmm. are cut off. So, you know, for us to be able to take some time out and do like a uh, therapy talk to kind of, you know, get people to understand about, you know, committing to their wellness, um, as well as a wellness talk to understand what they should be doing, especially individuals who are concerned about their health or their family's health or their friend's health and with the coronavirus. Um, and then also just getting understand from a financial literacy aspect of, what is it that you should be focusing on or what are the areas that you could look to get resources, you know, towards. So I think all of those stuff, were, you know, we're good to have. We also did guided meditation mm. and we did a sound meditation as well. So this is on Instagram live y'all. So they, yeah, they yeah, put yeah. it out to the masses. Um, I feel like anybody who understands the brand will understand that that is very kind of, it's, it's on point. It's, on, it's, it's very definitely cause I, 
if you don't know, you come to the, you come to everyday people. You see people not just having fun, not just drinking, but celebrating their culture. And yeah, black culture is many different things with that involve yoga. Y'all involves different dancing. Yep. Involves different literacy, financial literacy opportunities. Involves different types of creatives. So um, once again, like I feel like you've done a very your, your team has done a very good job of putting the not just making a brand do something, yeah. but making something match the brand, which is hard for some people to do. Yeah, yeah. As I said, I, I think it's during this time, it can be a little very difficult for any brand to figure out, you know, or any person who's sitting there, you know, representing themselves as a brand to figure out, you know, how do they talk to their audience? How do they talk to the community? You know, in a way that's authentic, that you don't feel that you're just jumping up and saying, and saying something because you have to. So I definitely, you know, on our end, we, you know, we took our time to figure out what that could be. And then focused on specifically, you know, what we could kind of do do best. So, you know, setting up the community sessions was same way how we, we organized any kind of event. Mm-hmm. You know, it was basically just kind of, you know, connecting with individuals, organizing, you know, <clears throat> giving them a, a moment. You know, some, in, some individuals never did IG Live before. Yeah. So it was going back and doing like test sessions, doing sound checks, you know having conversations versus y'all could have learned <laughs> well, I'm, not, Riley. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they tried to do that in advance but you know day of you just never know how things are gonna go like that's with any and you know events like yeah. you plan you plan you plan for the best and you try to prepare for the worst but you just never know when you hit the, when you're on the on switch you know so um you know, no, no shade to you, Teddy Riley. I knew you were trying to do your best, but in the moment, things kind of happen. Yeah, and <laughs> your your reaction was just hilarious. <laughs> um, so, speaking of that, as being somebody who does more business side, understanding mm-hmm. of the brand and how to do that, what what uh are not just artists, but what hip hop, music related, entertainment brands do you think have have found a way to speak to their market, has found a way to do it right, and what things if you were to coach an artist. On how to how to do that? What would what would you suggest? In general, or during this virus just, epidemic, just something something like this, something where they don't have uh, the ability to to travel. Maybe not, maybe not the coronavirus, but maybe something that's similar. Not as as it. I mean, I I think drastic. you know, uh, I think you know, going back to kind of what you're mentioning about versus, I think what they did, you know, was something very you know, granted it was new, or, or from my from what I understand, they were trying to get it off prior. <laughs> But I think being able to just leverage technology in a in a way where you apply the same things that already exist and, you know, you, you try to make it happen. Like, it's funny that, you know, prior to, you know, the coronavirus, I was sitting there one day, I was in a, I was in a Uber heading home mm-hmm. and then I got a notification. This may be like, you know, top of the year, I got a notification that two of my friends were on IG Live at the same time. Yeah. And I had never, I've, seen go- that, yeah. I've gone on IG Live before, you know, but it was just like two friends on IG Live and I'm just like uh, being a fly on the wall, kind of like experiencing, you know, like their conversation. You know, I'm not in it, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm just like kind of like seeing it and experiencing it. So I was like, oh, I was like, oh man, this medium is something that, you know, should find a way to kind of like involve in, you know, get there's some way. So I remember I was brainstorming and like, okay, you know, how, you know, and I was thinking about everyday people. I didn't know specifically how mm-hmm. we can do it, you know, but I had the the kind of idea, like this is a platform that, 
there could be some potential, you know, and then coronavirus hits and then boom, you know, everybody's doing IG lives that probably never did IG lives, you know, and I think what they were able to do with Versus was, was leverage that same platform. Obviously they had individuals and artists, you know, who were well known to kind of get that exposure. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think that was amazing. I was it was amazing what D Nice did, you know, in that in that community in that space as well. So you know those were kind of like some of the cool things that I was you know I, I saw you know that people just kind of like leveraging, you know, things that were already in place and just finding a ways to be creative. Like Tory Lanes, you know, with Quarantine Radio, yeah. you know, which unplugged mic, unplugged mic, which I did, <laughs> which I I believe I I want to say Boosie didn't he kind of kick that off? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? You know, no, no, I'm putting, putting it on live, yeah, man. Um, but I think Tor Lane's you owe Lil Boozy, well, you know, I think like a little you know, bit, just, but have him on the show, you know, put it like this like, there's everything starts from someplace, and mm-hmm. then other individuals they get involved and they elevate it to where they they use it and elevate it to another place, you know, and that that's what creativity is, you know. By the way, our little sister says, Hey, what up, little sis, Mima. Where's she at? She, oh. she knows she's back home. There we she go. Can't, she can't go nowhere. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. You know what I'm saying? She's she walking watermelon. Oh. Love you, sis. <laughs> <laughs> she is not a walking watermelon. Not, maybe not She's yet. queen. Yeah, yeah you're a queen. <laughs> Love you. I'm, I'm a, I know you're going to hit me in my DMs and cuss me out. <laughs> but anyway, Love keep you, going. <laughs> yeah. So um, I definitely think those, you know, that was a cool, those are some cool areas where, where I saw, you know, individuals kind of like going off and doing stuff and stuff. And there was a lot of, there was a lot of them as well, you know, but I thought those was interesting, you know, and there might, you know, there definitely is some other brands that I'm, I'm trying to think they're probably not coming to mind or, mm-hmm. you know, but as I said, it was, it, it was definitely difficult, you know, during a pandemic, during quarantine, you know, and just kind of figure out and realigning things like everybody's working from different places, mm-hmm. you know, you got individuals, you know, and a lot of, and you know, you know, a lot of things, you know, were contingent on you being able to do things, you know, we, you being able to pay people, pay people mm-hmm. you know, but guess what? You're in a, a pandemic and things are shut off. And so you need to like switch and pivot and learn and, and, and whatnot. So, you know, there definitely were a lot of different areas, you know, and a lot of different, you know, you know, things that were done that I thought were pretty interesting. I'll say one thing I've mentioned this earlier I think one thing I've noticed that the people who are maybe the maybe maybe the ones who actually not maybe originated but did mm-hmm. it well, yeah. like D Nice DJing on Instagram has, is not is not really new, but yeah, he did true. it he did it well. Yeah, and then everybody and their mama jumped on Instagram, started DJing, and I was like, should I do it? No, because it's just the the you, you got to get it before the the market gets saturated. Yeah, and like I say, I, I'll be real with you. I think y'all guys were the only ones doing something like wellness based you know what i mean i don't think i've seen i've seen a lot of instagrams maybe somebody doing yoga but not really doing doing multiple different things so you stayed fresh um i think uh overall coronavirus has definitely been a blessing for people who didn't know what to do with their brand and been harmful to some who who are just trying to throw anything out there and see what sticks yeah yeah yeah. so yeah i mean d nice did it did it well but also he he has the you know the 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 experience of being able to and just the access and and the connections for when he does decide to get get on yeah. you know go live that a lot of people want to tune in so you know definitely big props you know to him on what he did has he ever um, done any one of y'all's events no he hasn't done i think he's definitely been and he's always been a supporter and you know 
you know, D-Nice is, is somebody that if you ever get a chance to meet him, he's super, you know, down to earth and cool. You know, he's, you know, even him doing mega stuff, he's still just kind of like, you know, D-Nice. So, you know, it, you know, it was really good to see someone like that who's just kind of like uh, been a part of the culture for a very long time, you know, like, you know, hip hop for a very long time, DJing for, for quite some time to, you know, get on IG Live and create experience for everybody, you know, and get introduced to a whole new audience, you know, mm-hmm. and create something that, you know, was necessary and needed. So I definitely think that, um, you know, it's, it's timing was cool and think he was, the you know, just definitely the the person that was best for kind of to do that, to bring everybody together, to bring different generations together and bring different, um, you know, individuals in the room together to kind of like just vibe out. And he committed, you know, eight, nine hours of his, of his day to do that, yeah. you know. I don't know how many DJs are doing that. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'd say I, there's some DJs who just jumped on and just played music. They didn't have the sound correct, but, you know, I mean, they, they were just getting on the bandwagon. But yeah. they, you can definitely tell the difference between DJs who actually gave that time and craft and understood how to make quality yeah. out of it. And one thing I'll tell anybody, quality shown through. Yeah. The quality definitely showed through. And I'll say anything that I enjoyed it uh, because the people who had quality, the people who had something good to look at, not just the music, but something like uh, maybe they did like a DJ with, you know, there's people who have like the, the path where they have like on the screen, they show like the, the, the um, music lines when they mix yeah. in or they do the music video DJing. Like people who actually did something that's creative and gives yeah. you something that, that more than just a show is definitely something awesome. And uh, I really think that, you know, the more people, who, even at this time period, who can find something to do unique, like people have done like the, um, the IG brunches, just mm-hmm. a little twist. Yeah, uh, people have done like different different ideas and yeah. keep it fresh. I think that's dope. Um, so yeah, man. So yeah. Let, let let's start let's start getting real. Are we? Well, well, All right. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Were we being fake before? I mean, <laughs> we, what's going on? Started from the bottom. Now we're here. You know oh, what I mean? Damn. Okay. <laughs> oh, we're getting real. They look. They didn't have no gunshots on this. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, but but. You know, <laughs> don't shoot them at the black people. Hey man, <laughs> right. So I, I wanted to kind of since we are two different we're, we're brothers, but we're kind of two different generations. Yeah, you 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 do outrage me as you see the, the salt and pepper in his beard. That's right, baby. Let me tell you, my girlfriend is still trying to find a uh, white gray hair in my beard. I refuse. Just own it when it comes. Just own it when it comes. <laughs> so um, I wanted to kind of talk talk about your thoughts on the whole movement because when I was. When Trey, when I was younger, twenty years old, you were like kind of around my age. Yeah. When Trayvon Martin kind of got got hit, and yeah. I don't know if anything happened in a major way. Maybe not as, as big as social media happened when you were like in your twenties as well. What kind of what, what kind of thing have you seen in the movement? How did how do you envision how this moment has shifted entertainment culture as well? Well, I mean, the first the first kind of I was twelve years old when Rodney King was getting beat down, right? Oh, I think I was just maybe conceived out. <laughs> maybe you were. Was that in 1989? That was 92. Yeah, I was three years old. Right, so that was kind of like, and I didn't the, I didn't really understand what was going mm-hmm. on when I saw the looting. Um, it was real. You're like, oh my God. I was like, I was like, oh my God. And I was like, I, it was me and my mom watching it and I was like, I was like, man, I just saw people running out with TVs and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, man, I want a TV. And then she like slapped me. And she was just like, Shh. 
like, stereotypical Caribbean mom. You know, she's like, what? And then she kind of like just like made me understand that like, you know, like. See, she didn't need a slap, you don't understand? But she, I mean, she proved know, the point. She proved the point. She made, I mean, at 12, I was just thinking I wanted TV. Yeah. You know, and I wasn't necessarily. So she just made me understand. Definitely, you know, that's not how she raised me in that kind of context. Yeah. So, you know, you shouldn't be going in there running and, and, and stealing things. Mm-hmm. So that was my first kind of like understanding and seeing, you know, everything was going on. And I, I didn't I wasn't aware I wasn't aware fully of what was going on. Mm-hmm. You know, like I saw the the video footage of him getting beat by the police, you know, and then I saw looting happen yeah. happening. You know, I wasn't paying attention yeah, closely were, you didn't to know, like the context. The context, you know, clearly the looting happened, if you remember, I don't know if you remember, but the looting happened well of course you wouldn't remember. I was but, three, bro. But <laughs> The looting happened uh, after the verdicts were, yeah. were were sent down. That's when all hell broke, broke loose. Mm-hmm. You know, so <clears throat> that was the first kind of time where it's like, okay, you know, what's going on? And then, you know, with uh, Trayvon Martin, you know, and when that popped off, you know, I was, I was older. Mm-hmm. And that one probably, it had different, it had like a different lens on it. Mm-hmm. You know, because it was a, you know, it was happening. Like the first one happened in LA, which is somewhat of a bigger market, yeah. and the Trayvon market happened in a smaller market. Yeah, it happened right here down the street from in Sanford. You know, so I think that exposure and where the media kind of paid attention to it wasn't on a big as big a level of what happened previously. On why I was sitting in my, you know, so you know a lot of the stuff that were that was going on. I think that's when social media, you know, uh, was able to highlight the yeah. things that you weren't seeing you know, on the network news because they weren't talking about different things, you yeah. know. So I think that's when definitely you can see the impact and the power of, of social media in that way, you know. And there were definitely protests in going on in New York. There were protests going on all over the place. And especially then Eric Garner happened a little, little close around that time. Yeah, and then Eric Garner happened. And it's, you know, obviously I think there's a certain... Things like this, sadly enough, have been going on for quite some time. Yeah, You know, it's, it's very sad that it's been going on you know, before me, you know, and just certain things that the media wasn't covering that were happening in communities, you know, and it's very, it's very sad. And I think, you know, it's, it's a consistent area that we see that's continuing to, to happen. And, you know, it's every single time that something happens and we, we have to relive it and, and think about our experiences all over as a mm-hmm. community and then seeing how no one's talking about this and, you know, obviously, you know, get up, and then try to figure out a way to do something about it, to gain exposure to it, and get more people to to see what's going on in your community, to see what to to try to make changes. So it definitely was uh, was interesting, and I think you know currently, I think this is definitely probably unprecedented, mm-hmm. you know, and everything. I definitely feel that because of uh, you know us being in quarantine, mm-hmm. you know. People, everybody had a lot more time to sit back and view things and, and see things and take it all in, you know, versus, you know, you seeing something on the news on, you know, Monday or Tuesday, you know, and gotta, then you got to go to work, you go to work and then, you know, you're dealing with your own things like everybody had to sit back and deal with this and look at this at the same time, you know, on all different kind of levels, you know, globally as well. So, you know, this definitely was an unprecedented time to kind of like, you know, have that same kind of like exposure that all the previous things ha- had as well. Yeah. But um, I think it was a more like a magnifying glass, really. Definitely. Like I feel like once social media got involved, the ability how rapidly it passed around the world. Yep. 
and um, just the, the immediacy of the the need of the urgency that of the need that needed to get passed around was something unique. Yeah. And um, of course, like when I was a kid, I, my mom taught me about Emmett, Emmett, Emmett Till, mm-hmm. taught me about Megger Evers, yep. and understanding how that kind of goes. Plus, I think also for you and me, we, we grew up in different contexts because you yeah. you're in the Northeast. Yeah, which they have still have their racism issues. Yeah, but in a in a in a southeastern context, I I view that prism a lot more straightforward than probably you do. Yeah, yeah, I think we definitely being in the north, you know, which is considered more liberal. Mm-hmm. So you know, like it's not as direct yeah. as what you what you might experience. Low down key, here. low key, I like the directness. You like? To, I mean, I wouldn't be mad at the directness. Like, to Yo, fuck you, nigga. All right, I'm going home. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I, you know, personally, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I don't think I can't recall. I don't have a memory or a feeling of anybody directly calling me any white person directly calling me a nigga. Right. You know, like, you know, it could be something that I might have blocked. <laughs> Bro, that happened to me in like uh, seventh grade. Oh wow, wow, wow! What was like that? What was what was that like? So, of course, it was it was like a derivative of the N word. Was okay. nigglet. Oh wow! Oh. So, a derivative. Derivative, yeah. But thing was, like, yo, as a, as a kid in the south, you're like, you're, you're so pro. Like when she says the n word, the n i n i g g e r, I'm yeah. ready. Yeah, yeah. Nigglet, what? Yeah, yeah. I was so confused, I started crying. Oh, yeah. Because I'm like, what do I do? And the thing was crazy is, she wasn't even. She was like, his like Hispanic. <laughs> So I, like it, she wasn't even a real white girl; she was a Hispanic girl. Got you. So I was like, I know what white people would say that, yeah. and now you are brown. How do I? And it was over something like trivial. Like, um, by the way, if you're tuned in, please share <laughs> this back podcast. You know what I'm saying? Please share on Facebook. Um, I was just so confused because yeah. I've I've never I've never thought of a Mexican person harboring Hispanic person harboring that ill intent mm-hmm. before. And then when you grow older, you understand the the process of colorism in the yeah. Caribbean with Dominicans and Puerto Ricans and yep. within the the black culture itself. Yeah. So you, you learn more of the nuances. Yeah. And so like just just that 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 first experience was like I had a first since I cried, I was like real sensitive as a kid. But then I kind of understood how to harden myself and like prepare yourself when things happen. Because then I went to school in Mississippi and played for a school that was mascot, the Confederates. By the way, we're trying to get that thing changed. If you're, Cal- if you're a Caledonian alumni, please hit me up with your minute, the 30-second minute video so we can make this this video for the school, Caledonian, the uh, Lowndes County School Board. All the alumni, if you want that name changed, we're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, just going through the South, living, seeing the banners, seeing the, see, witnessing the, the racial tension, like, even for example, like I was a I was a backup quarterback, and my head coach wouldn't let me practice quarterback until one game our starter got hurt. And I threw the game winning touchdown, but oh, the, wow. thing, the thing was is like it was like if you would have let me, and then the season was a my last season was kind of up and down. But if you would have let me practice throughout the season, yeah, I would have been more successful. And then I eventually outplayed them in like spring ball, but then I moved back to Florida. It's like, <laughs> but um, it's like the scene kind of. Like I'm saying, like it might be direct, it might be under under undercoded. Yeah. Like that to me, that was like kind of under undercoded. Yeah. Like oh no, we're good. You can just go play defense. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Like you know, it's one of those things that it's it's weird. It's weird, and definitely for a 
as a 30 year old, I have a different eyesight on how to, how to uh, divulge it and see it Mm -hmm. and dissect it when I, when when it happens. So like, as far as the the low key racism that happens in the Northeast, especially in the music spaces, I guess, entertainment spaces, what do you, what do you, what do you experience? What do you see? I mean, it, you know, it is low key, you know, I mean, let's see, especially in the, in the kind of like the entertainment and social lane. I mean, you talk about things like, you know, you have venues that um, they're there, especially, you know, first time me kind of like getting introduced to kind of New York City nightlife. And you see the energy of when you go to certain kind of clubs mm-hmm. versus others. And you see kind of like who they're letting in and who they're not letting in. Yeah. Um, you see you see that energy. You also see clubs change from you know, one day they're the hardest club to get into to the yeah. next day. Everybody in their mind. They're just letting, you know, they're letting, they're having a urban party come in. Yeah. You know, so there's even def- like the pat down rule too. Yep. There's, there's pat down rules. And, you know, I think there's, there are ways, there were definitely a lot of different things that I saw, you know, just kind of like when I was just kind of going, going out and seeing, you know, the whole dynamic. And one of the very early on, one of the things that when I started first, when I got introduced to the, the New York City, scene was you know me you know me going to new york fashion week me seeing being a part of these premium experiences and also relating it to my previous experiences Mm -hmm. you know of of just kind of like a different kind of flavor and most of the places that i was you know these new places there were mostly white people in the room Mm -hmm. you know and then seeing the different kind of treatment seeing you know even the whole you know there wasn't even like a line it was just kind of like a crowd of people yeah, just let him in <laughs> you know oh you good you know it was, <laughs> it was just kind of like this whole and it, it wasn't even about you pay your 20 dollars. it just kind of like was who do you know or or what was you know it was it's a different kind of dynamic yeah. it was a different and it was it was definitely racial and it was also class yeah you know it was, it was a different kind of spectrum on, on how they approach things and you would see you know just kind of like who they would let in there you know the different kind of how you see clubs go from as I said, like one, one, you know, early in the year, it's the hardest club to get into. Yeah. And the next thing you know, it's like they just decided to like, you know, let, you know, you know, uh, artists and athletes in there yeah. and it turns into a different kind of night, yeah. you know, and, you know, there's stereotypes that go into to both of those those spectrums, you know, so those are very, very definitely interesting. It, you know, once we kind of started, you know, um, uh, when everyday people started getting popular, mm-hmm. you know, the treatment was different. The treatment was, you know, we still had to like, you know, deal with some of the same kind of issues, you know, but we also, it was also like, it, it was, it's not a good thing to be like, Oh, your party is a, you know, it's different because it's a different kind of black. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, that, I, I hate when they say, you that. know, like it's, it's, you know, it's those kind of people, you know, like I, I don't feel like those, those comments were those kind of like subtle kind of things. Yeah. You know, yes, fully aware of that, the fact that we as, you know, uh, a black, you know, entity mm-hmm. that, you know, we want to be able to get into these premium spaces. We want to create, create experiences for everybody, for the community, you know, because everybody should be able to have a, a really nice place to go and enjoy themselves, you know. And we, we want to be representative of what, you know, blackness is, you know, on the multiple levels of what, of what it is to be. But for it to be like, oh, you, oh, you know, we don't really consider you guys a urban party or we don't really you guys are a different kind of black or 
You know, it's just, it, just that the, the, the audacity for them to say that, you know, like, so well, who, who gives you the right to say that? Or even like, I'll, I'll give you even a context of exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. How in, in Tallahassee, which is the, the mm-hmm. capital of Tallahassee, of Florida. And then also like at one point was the most, most was, was the most, was the richest city in Florida due to the, the cotton, cotton uh-huh. trade. So it, it, at one point, Florida, Tallahassee isn't up there no more, but Tallahassee used to be like, just because of cotton alone. Oh, wow. was like literally the top, was one mm-hmm. of the, the top cities in, in the South, period. Yeah. Um, but just seeing how my experience growing up, I would go to a, a venue called Coliseum on Saturday night yeah. or Monday night when it's Florida State night. No pat down, just walk <laughs> in, just get a band, get a free drink. You know what I'm saying? A couple of tickets for free drinks. But then I go on a, on a, 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 a what they call a, a night for FAMU, which is like the literally schools they change the parties because of whatever school is mainly attending. Um, so like, which I kind of get because the promoters are different; they're going to talk yeah. to that crowd. But then how they treat you as an audience, I mean, yeah. getting pat get pat down and get my nuts grabbed, yeah, on a on a on a Saturday night. But meanwhile, I was just there last week on Friday, yeah. Totally different experience. Totally different experience. Totally different experience. Totally different experience. And yeah. then, then definitely, I know those promoters were getting hit over the head because they hit me over the head for twenty thirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's it literally is a whole different dynamic on, you know, on how they would treat you know treat you on race. So you can come into you can be one person or one entity, and you come into a club, and they're like, "Don't worry about a bar guarantee," you know, X Y Z, because everybody's goal is to make money. Yeah, you know. So, and whereby on the other side of the spectrum, they see black promoters and they know that unfortunately they know that they you know they're cons- they want to make money but then they also have this concern of like is my club going to get shot up yeah. you know stuff's going to get broken you know which is sad and unfortunate you know that they are thinking like that and then and then also that they have that there has been some previous examples of why they should sometimes of why, of why they are thinking like that so you, you know but i I've think, seen white clubs, white people do some crazy stuff too. A hundred percent. So, you know, like I think it's very, I think it's difficult, you know, you know, it's, it's difficult on a lot of different layers. Cause you know, you as a business owner, yeah. like, yeah, that's, you're trying to like, you know, you know, make sure that your property is, is, and you also want to make money. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, like the judgments and some of the stereotypical things that, that go on, you know, are and they hold they hold obviously on the other individuals back. So, you know, yeah, it doesn't it's just an interesting dynamic on how it all so to to your point, there's some clubs you go into and you get you know, I would get patted down and then you know, and they were mostly black events. Yeah. You know. Other other spots and oh, and then by the way, you know, you're talking about <clears throat> the levels of, you know, drug use that were that was going on. Not the same. You know, like just way crazier. I I'll give you a, it was a, it was a story. I was in, I was at this bar and, um, it wasn't even, I was sitting in this bar and I was talking to this guy and, you know, this is an interesting dynamic on how he was kind of like relating, you know, class and race. And this is a black guy as well, you know, talking yeah, to me, yeah. you know, and <clears throat> he seemed to have the, the energy of just kind of like, you know, he, he, he partied and hung out and, and preferred white spaces. Okay. You know, and so, you know, we just randomly were at a bar talking. He didn't know who I was. I didn't, you know, I didn't know him from anything, yeah. you know, and then he just started talking about uh, cocaine, right? And I got an interesting story about that too. You know, he, start, <laughs> he starts talking about cocaine and he's like, 
you know, he's like, oh, you, you know, you know, you probably smoke weed, you know, and he's like, you know, I can just go in the bathroom right now and just do a line, you know, you have to go outside and roll it up. And, you know, he just, he just, <laughs> he was just like highlighting the different dynamics on the fact that, you know, just the whole drug setup, yeah, you yeah. know, he can go in the bathroom and do this expensive with, ass drug with, with the, the, the concierge sitting there looking at you, you know, he can go and he can do it. Go Give you a that, rag to wipe your you nose. Know, <laughs> and, you know, whereby as, you know, and I've been in, in other events whereby like people are smoking weed and security runs you down, smacks it out your hand. They step on it. Yeah. You know, you got to get exited out the club. Like it's roughly. A, it's a whole big, you know, show. Meanwhile, some homeboy in the corner, Russian it's homeboy just, in the corner, you know, drugged off his mind, smoking, smoking joints, splits back to back to back. Yeah. I've seen the craziest stuff. So it just be crazy. I've been, I've been in clubs where, well, you know, and there's different, there's different lingo that they, that yeah. they, 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 that they ask you, you know, random, random white people, you know, would be like, you know, you got any party favors? You know, I, was I, hate, I hate when they ask you that, you know, just cause I, I'm a black guy. Yeah. I've had that. I'm like, yeah. oh, you got, you got that on you, bro. I don't know you back yeah. up. And then the, the, uh, I think the last time was, it was one, maybe just last summer, you know, or maybe it was earlier this year. I can't remember before everything kind of popped off Yeah, and he just kind of like, Twitched his nose and he was walking by me like, you know, like just like he didn't even use his finger. He just kind of like moved his nostrils up and down, you know. And I was just like, what? I was like, I'm mad that I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I was like, I'm mad that I know what you're talking I'm about. Mad. <laughs> you know, I was like, how? You know, like in my mind, I was like, what the hell? You know. So it's it's just a crazy dynamic in terms of like race in the industry, especially doing events and yeah. you know and X Y Z. So you know, crazy, crazy, I crazy. Since you yeah. shared a story, I'm gonna share a story by one of my former teammates in college. So you, Ooh. you know, you know, I went to school in the Northeast. For me, that was a culture shock going to Pennsylvania. Oh Pens wow! Going to Pennsylvania, like liberal arts school, really expensive. <laughs> okay. Two hundred thousand dollar education. Thank God I played football because mm -hmm. I wasn't gonna pay that two hundred k. Yeah. But we, of course, you go to the, the sorority parties, oh. and they don't have any black sororities. So the only sororities you yeah. got are the ones with the white sororities. Which some of the black girls are in because there's nothing else there. Yeah. So like you, my 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 former teammates at the sorority party, you know, he's just like, yo, man, this is before this is like the spring before I got to my freshman year. So he's one of the guys from Florida who like I I first connected with on my visit. Yeah. Because he was a, a transfer, he went there a semester early. Yeah. So when he when we first met up, he's like he told he taught all the the, the freshman black kids like this is what I experienced. Yeah. Beware. So it was cool to have somebody who's okay. coming give into your, your level and give you a little heads up. And so he's like, yeah, I went to this little sorority party and I went to I tried to go to the bathroom. Like the door was unlocked, so I just walked in there. <laughs> These white girls lift their head up, got cocaine, and they're oh, like, yeah. you want some? You know? He's like, close the door, walked out. <laughs> I mean, you know that song, this is Pharrell's song, All the Girls Standing in Line for the Bathroom? Yeah. It's totally about Totally cocaine. about, yeah, totally about <laughs> that. But it's definitely one of those things where like, and I've had instances where I went to parties and seen this happening. Yeah. Meanwhile, you go to African American parties, black parties, and our, our stuff is a lot cleaner. We're just about music, especially at that age. We're just about music. You might have somebody smoking some weed in the back, whatever. Yeah. But it's not even about that that level of drug use. You know, our stuff gets busted in the first like two or twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no one's. I was, I was definitely. Our our events are definitely more about music, and it's not a like, it's not a drug fest, <laughs> as someone what, like what tries to like make it seem like this. It's definitely more level of you know rampant drug use going on in some of these higher end clubs mm -hmm. you know that they that they have out there you know and it's 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 definitely it's definitely crazy yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I would like to ask you, especially yeah. since we're talking about events, um, the, the cultural dynamics that make up everyday people, what, what, what kind of got y'all guys doing the, uh, the, the worldly type of music? Uh, you can give, kind of give people a background of what they kind of, what type of music they should kind of expect, what type of experiences they should expect if they were to make a trip to everyday people. Like, cause I feel like as a black person, as a lot of, a lot of black people, African-American people, they, they only kind of, kind of brought up to like maybe R&B and hip hop. Mm -hmm. And what made you guys choose to broaden your horizons as far as introduce black people, all this different black, black made music from around the world. Yeah. So that comes down to the cultural makeup of the team primarily first as a base. So, you know, you have Sada, who's one of the founders who's um, Somali, um, but grew up in Atlanta. You know, you have MoMA, who's also a founder and the you know, founding DJ who um shout out to mama <laughs> who um is a uh, sudanese but then grew up in um paris mm. uh but then also uh spent some of his most of his adolescent years in new york uh roble you know who's somali as well and uh somali and african-american so you know he's growing up here so i think all those different dynamics kind of like make up to kind of like you know how you know, My brother who's Caribbean, by the way, St. Kitts yeah. all the way, just let you know, and, grew you up know. in New York, you know, from the BX, what's up? Yeah, 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 yeah. you know. I got, I, you got to shout yourself out. I'm going to well, I, I was talking about the founders first, and then, you know, obviously, uh, you know, th those are the prime, the primary individuals okay. to start with, but definitely, but I think it starts, it starts there, and I think the, the vibes of, you know, what to, to kind of like, if you know, you know, just kind of like as a DJ or as someone who's curating music, mm -hmm you know that a day party is different than a night party and that's a different kind of energy. Mm -hmm. It's a different kind of music. So I think that's kind of like where some of the, 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 the diverse kind of flow, you know, you know, came into play. Like, you know, if you ever go into any kind of, um, you know, any kind of, any kind of experience, you know, any kind of hotel experience, any kind of restaurant experience, you know, the music kind of like sets the, the mood you know, and what they're playing during the day is different than what they're playing at night. So I think, you know, it being a day party allowed, you know, you know, that the early vibes being somewhat more R&B, somewhat more world music, it's not necessarily, you know, focused on this kind of dark energy that, you know, some of the uh, harder hip hop has. So, and then also, you know, you know, the Caribbean music that comes to, which, which specifically is, you know, as island music is, it's like, you know, during bright. the very bright it's just that, that kind of energy mm -hmm. so i think you know that helped kind of you know um make up the the kind of musical landscape you know and and definitely you know moma gets a lot of props you know for definitely not only himself having a, a broad musical background but then also allowing the platform to have other djs to come on and them bringing their own you know musical. Yo, moma i'm waiting for my turn bro <laughs> i'm waiting for my turn moma <laughs> them bringing their <laughs> own kind of like musical style to the forefront as well. So, you know, it, it opens up to having a lot of different individuals come on and, and curate the, the sound as well. And then you learn, and then, you know, you're, you're being able to kind of like appreciate some of the different things. So I think that definitely was in the forefront of, of everything. And I also feel that the individuals that were attending you know, they were the individuals that were open to the whole dynamics of, of everything and just kind of like, you know, I think it's probably one of the first parties that, 
you know, whereby you traditionally might go to a party and it's, you know, um, I'll speak to the Caribbean, you know, community whereby, you know, dance hall music is on and the people who love soca are sitting down and soca comes on and the dance hall people are sitting yeah. down. Like, I think our events are, it's really cool to have like everybody embracing each other's music, <clears throat> you know? Mm -hmm. And even if they don't know certain things or know certain, certain sounds, yeah, just go with the crowd. you just kind of go with the flow. And then every, you know, everybody's kind of like, enjoying the vibe of just kind of being like that. And I definitely think that because it was a daytime experience, it allowed for more of that to happen, you know? I would even say the fact that you involved international flavors with yeah. food, because I know Roble does yeah. help curate that. And you, you involved not just black culture, but 1800 Lucky is a, a, like a, like a street Street food. Street food, Asian, well, is it Japanese or Chinese? Japanese? It's, uh, well, it's, I think they have a lot of different uh, a lot of different street foods from Asia, mm -hmm, yep. but definitely a street food place. The last place I went in Brickell was definitely a lot of street food yeah. style, but it was international as well. Yeah, there's just the combining of culture is very interesting. I I've been I've been trying to get him to come to Orlando, y'all. Like I've been I'm begging. It's not it's out of his hands. <laughs> well, I, all I said was Orlando, just show show me what you got. Right, show me what look, you got. Look, and, look you know. I, I'm here. I know right <laughs> now. I'm take him out this, tonight. We don't got no liquor because the, the everybody <laughs> messed up because everything got Ray, happened. Get the Ray and nephew. <laughs> we right now we got the Ray and nephew. I'm done drunk mine. <laughs> so you over here sipping yours? Is yours gone? I am done, my friend. Uh, we're, at, after this episode, we're going to drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but definitely, I feel like just the fact that um, just I feel like we have a big Caribbean audience here. Yeah, yeah. A big South African audience here, and of course, yeah. when you go like your only event is on like a Saturday or Sunday. And like, or it's like a, a concert. Like yeah. it's, it's nothing that really kind of that makes people feel feel great or feel like their culture is fully represented. Because it's That's like true. only it's maligned to one day. Oh. I like the fact that you guys incorporate artists, uh, musicians, painters, yeah. and all that stuff. Different experiences. Meanwhile, nobody steal that idea because I will come get you because I'm on my brother's <laughs> behalf. Beat you down on behalf of everyday people. Just let y'all know. <laughs> yeah, but. I want you to talk to the type of music that you've been influenced through everyday people as far as like, what are you listening to now that you probably didn't pick up until you were in the, in the thing. I, I've honestly, I mean, felt some type of way when I go, I'm always listening, finding out somebody new. And the last time I went, we had red rat and a couple of other yeah, that's right. some artists performing I'm like, Oh, red rat. What? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We had red rat. We had all those guys. Shout out to Salam Remy who set that all up. Um, but took I took a picture one, by the way. Oh, as you should, man, he's a legend. Uh, musically. I just, I devour anything, anything that sounds good. You know, I am somewhat of a, you know, just kind of like scouring and seeing what's next. I'm always paying attention to like what's going on. Um, I want to say that maybe I'm trying to think like, you know, like I grew up around, you know, uh, hip hop and R&B and dance hall and soca. So those, those were, you know, always familiar to, familiar to me. Um, so I always had like some kind of like exposure to different kind of sounds. Mm -hmm. And just kind of like being, you know, being in, in different rooms and different experiences, like, you know, even, even, you know, speaking to what I was saying earlier of going to different kind of clubs and being around a different audience, like, yeah, you know, you just hear different music and then you just be like, okay, what is this? And, you know, but not in a way where you're just like rolling your eyes, but just like, okay, well, you know, like this is different, you know, and you might not, you know, be aware of like, you know, why people are vibing to it. Yeah. So I've just been... I just I just give everything a chance. I listen to everything. I give it a chance. You know, I don't necessarily judge out the gate, you know, and I just kind of like introduced to a lot of things. Now, you know, I, I think, you know, in terms of 
you know, Afrobeat definitely is something that's 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 gotten a lot of exposure and you know, I've gotten a chance to be introduced to it, you know, five, six years ago, you know, like six or seven years ago, you know, and, you know, that definitely was through, you know, MoMA doing that. Um, another guy, you know, named Kay Kess, who was, do who was doing it as well. Um, so that got introduced to me early on and I was like, you know, what's going on? And, and, and now I've, now I'm, I'm around it enough whereby I'm, I know what the artists are before I was just like, I just knew certain songs. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so there's definitely been, has been Afrobeat. And, you know, now kind of like going still on the continent now, you know, coming out of South Africa, there's a lot of music that's coming out. Um, is, uh, there's a musical genre, genre called Ama Piano. So that's that's a... Ama Piano? Ama Piano. That's the... Is, that's this, is, is they they're playing piano on it or are they just saying... Then it, it has like kind of like a piano... But it's not necessarily specific. I, was, like, I thought it know, was literal. <laughs> you know, it's not literal, literal in that in that sense. But there's another sound that prior to I'm a piano, which is it's spelled G Q O M, but it's pronounced Om. Um, Kosa. Yep. Boom. Kosa. Oh, look at you, man. Kosa. So, so um, I I always when I go to different places, like literally, I'll I'll be in the, in a taxi and be like, "What are you listening to? Play the hottest song that's in your local community." And, you know, I definitely feel that when you go to places and you hear the music that's coming out of there, you know, it definitely kind of like just opens up, you know, embracing culture, embracing the community, embracing what's going on. So that's one of the things. And that's no matter where I go, you know, you, you know, if, if I'm around and, you know, here in Orlando, I'm like, tell me what the who the local hottest artists are. Like, that's just in my nature of trying to figure out, yeah. you know, who's bubbling, who's got stuff going on. And, and it doesn't have to be, you know, it can be anything, yeah. you know, it can be anything. And, you know, I'm. I'm always appreciative of just kind of like the different sounds and the different things that are going on. Cause you know, I know music, the creation of music in general, you know, comes from, you know, it, it uh, predominantly a lot of it does come from the youth. Yeah. You know, they're the indi individuals that don't have a lot. They don't have the all the struggle. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have the, the technical know-how all the time. They don't have the equipment all the time. And so they just like, kind of like, Oh, you know, just doing their own thing, you know, and in general, you know, the black community, like, we when we create things we don't create things with the you know with this idea of like i want to be a millionaire it's like literally i sometimes just, happens i'm just like creating something i just like doing this and i'm just kind of doing this and and it's kind of fun you know so i just try to pay attention to anything and you know you know i appreciate Shazam now for just kind of like <laughs> let me You're do You're Shazam user? Oh man, i Shazam everything anytime all <laughs> you know you know all the time so as as a dj i kind of find it is cheating why i mean I, maybe I, like Cause like stereotypically as a as a DJ like you're not supposed to be over the shoulder of another DJ looking. You're oh, not, so Shazam is like so basically Shazam the cheat. is like kind of cheating. So it is, it's kind of cheating. But aren't aren't you as a DJ curating uh, the music and so? But you're you're curating the music, but you're also curating the music to your, like your taste. Yeah. So if so, you play a new song that no one knows, don't you want people to know what that song is? I'll eventually pass the word. You eventually <laughs> pass the but, word. But the thing is like when. Especially in the South, the biggest thing here is breaking the record. Yeah. So, like, one of my things, especially when I was younger, I was definitely more a promoter of artists. Yeah. So I'll get artists to give me their music. Yeah. Pay me to not just, not just like, play the music, but to, like, get it on mixtapes, talk to other DJs, get them list, tastemakers, you know what yeah. I'm saying, like that. Take it around, go to other parties, house parties was my yeah. thing. When I was at parties, I was just... DJ with other DJs like yo what's that and that's how you're like okay yeah this is the artist but they, they're not over here behind my screen like 
You know what I mean? Well, I don't think I think the general I think the general person is not going to necessarily be, you know, over somebody's screen or anything like that. But I just be doing that. <laughs> Some of them do be Yo, doing that. I, I with you. Like my first time being around some other DJs, they used to blink their Serato screen. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, is, I'm that like, is that is a whole kind of culture that you do. Yeah. So like, just coming from that background, I'm kind of like, okay, I know. Pass like some of, some of people you just pass the music to. That's definitely normal. Yeah. But like, de- definitely like the culture of like Shazam. To me, Shazamming is kind of cheating. But if you just pass, because I feel like if you just ask the DJ who the music, what the music is, they'll just tell you. I hear you. I but but, but it's different for you. It's different for you. No, no, no. I mean, listen, I Shazam the music because I want to hear the music like, at some point without you. I'm just saying. <laughs> without you DJing, you know. But you're a different so, consumer. So, and then I listen, I, I legit, I'm like, oh, what is the song, you know? And you just, for me, it's like, you know, it's just my opportunity. I mean, what, I think one, one, there's a very interesting dynamic, you know, of like, me going to a party and seeing everybody go off for a song and me not know it. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, oh, damn, I don't know what this is. Yeah. You know, so. That's why I'm really, I'm really intrigued. That's why yeah. I'm like, I go to the G, I'm like, what is this? I have like, <sighs> I have to, I, for me, like, I have to be in the moment. So yeah. Right now, for me, what bothers me is that everybody's on their phones at parties. Like, even as a DJ, it's very bothersome. Yeah. Even though they're doing videos, they're not really taking in the music and the experience now. Yeah. And that's kind of like, I think maybe some other DJs feel me on that, but also like it's just a part of the times now. Mm-hmm. It's just a part of the times that people are going to be on the phones and concerts. I do more events like that, and just like you want to see those artists have the the moment where all the people in the, on the in the club are have their lights up and yeah. videotaping the performance. Yeah. But also, you want to have that moment where people are just totally enthralled with the event. Yeah, and I feel like. Definitely, it's people who have that balance at certain events and certain type of get-togethers. Yeah, where they have the people who are totally enthralled. You have, I think, one thing. Some you guys do well. You have different experiences for different people. You got the, True. You got the music. You got the photos. You got the food. You got the drinks. You got the artists performing. You got yeah. the art that totally makes a total its own little kind of world. Yeah, that's true. And so, like, I just think honestly, as 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 I'll ask any promoter to really think about the environment they're creating. Yeah. Not to, don't just be out here trying to just do parties to throw parties. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. Think about what type of like environment you're creating, what type of mindset you want to give people to come to your event. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely, I agree with you on that. Like I was, you know, as you, as you do events, you learn along the way. Like, you know, I, I think Momo was the first DJ that I followed. Mm-hmm. I never followed DJs before. I was following, you know, venues yeah. and, you know, and parties, but mostly venues and experiences. Yeah. And then I started following Momo and then, kind of connecting with him and just kind of like understanding like these nuances and just picking up these little things, you know, Mm -hmm. to the point where now, you know, me walking into a room, I'm like, you can tell the DJ is good or not. Well, not even about the DJ being good or not. Just most of speaking to you, creating an experience, experiencing the vibe. Um, I could be like, you know, turn these lights down or what does this sound like? Or where should the tables be placed? Or, you know, or just all those little things, you know, the details, which, create the whole kind of experience. Like there's a lot of parties that we did or, you know, that, that I was running and I'd be like, you know, this is too bright, you know, turn these lights, lights down. Like what happened to the subs here? Or, you know, even kind of figuring out where to position like different tables or like, you know, the host tables, you know, or like where, where is it that you want to kind of like position each table to be yeah. the, the maximum experience in the room. So 
all those details are kind of like things you learn, learn along the way. And, you know, I apply them, you know, to the point where, you know, lighting, sound, you know, just kind of like, what's the, what, what's the entry experience like? What's the mm -hmm. door experience like? You know, like, how, how is security treating people? You know, Look, it's... Y'all security be treating me bad. <laughs> y'all be like, y'all Maine's brother. Maine don't got no... Yeah. Well, you just don't know. You <laughs> just don't know, you know... But Clearly, every, anybody every, can say Maine's brother. Look, look <laughs> everybody who's watching this video from Maine's friends, I'm his brother. I want no more problems at the door. No more problems. Oh, <laughs> uh, man, you just got to text me. And let me know. <laughs> but half the time, you already, you, you all here being a social butterfly. It takes like 30 minutes to get to the door. <laughs> well, you know. It's a part, it's part, it's part of it. No, 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 you know, just, just whatever. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll talk. I'll see what's up. I don't mind it. I always have a great time with you, there bro. There we go. That's what matters. Um, but overall, I feel like you. I just want to just hate praise on you because I feel like you're doing dope stuff. Like he's the guy who does all the cool stuff. I'm just trying to be cool, like oh, him. Oh man, I mean, you know, I just. I'm, I'm just, like, look, if I if I can come out in my later 30s looking like this guy <laughs> with a salt and pepper, I think my girlfriend would be happy. <laughs> You'll be fine, bro. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, you, my blood is in your blood, so there we go. Yeah, that's all. That, that's all that matters. <laughs> But guys, I really appreciate y'all y'all guys for tuning in. It's It's Facts Podcast. My brother Whoa. Maine J Buchanan. Shouts, shouts. Uh, I don't know if you cool with me giving the full government out. You said Maine Buchanan, or you want? What, what, what? I said Maine J. That's Maine J Buchanan. That's you, you okay is. with the full government out there? Buc isn't that your name as well? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do I have to get mine the government out now? I mean, are you okay with saying Maine J Buchanan? I'm, I'm okay, okay with, with saying that. it because okay. it's you. It's not me. That's fine, so. <laughs> The same way. Okay, <laughs> there we go. It's all good. It's your boy DJ Spider the Dawn, a to the alias. Uh, alias. But it's Facts Podcast, of course. Once again, I really appreciate you, bro. Yeah, man. Thanks for having and me. I definitely appreciate, appreciate what you're your, doing as well. I really appreciate your your point of views and definitely what you came to talk about. I feel like it's important for just not even just for people to experience their culture, but black spaces. Yeah. And I feel like one thing that everyday people does well is to provide a, not just a safe space, but a, a black experience that talks from different different perspectives. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely, man. You know, definitely thanks for having me. Appreciate you. Love what you're doing. Keep on up. Yeah. And just, you know, I'm always here for you. Wait till 2021, y'all. The Toronto thing a little too out of, out of to go your next everyday people. <laughs> we'll be back. I'm ready for everybody. Of course, you can check out everyday, uh, well, not yet. Yeah. It's Facts Podcast on Apple yep. Podcasts, Google Play, of course, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcasts. Of course, it's your boy DJ Spot of the Don. Thank you and have a good night. And please share the live stream so people can get this knowledge and blessings. All right. Peace. Peace. Right, quick, <laughs> All right. Have a good night. Later.